Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Rado Kotorov. Rado Kotorov has 20 years of experience in the data management, business intelligence, and analytics software industry. He got attracted to the field during his PhD studies in decision and game theory at the Department of Applied Philosophy at Bowling Green State University, where he also researched formal logic, AI ethics, and economics. After graduating in 2000, he joined a rapidly growing startup, CafeMom.com, that pioneered web portals and loyalty programs, where Rado built the first data analytics system that automatically scanned billions of transactions and delivered real-time personalized campaigns to millions of users. In 2006, Rado joined Information Builders Incorporated and collaborated closely with founder and CEO Jerry Cohen on numerous products and patented technologies. They introduced the first web-based self-service analysis tools that significantly increased BI user adoption. Co-invented the first mobile interactive dashboards, developed the first BI search product in collaboration with Google, and the first auto ML workbench for end users in collaboration with our project. Good afternoon, Rado. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Your platform is very important. We very often go to it to get information on the latest in technology and the latest in management of technology. So thank you for doing it. It's certainly our pleasure, Rado, and, and I appreciate the kind words there. So Rado, we're going to jump into the questions. You've got quite the career working in marketing, innovation. You're a board member, and now you're the CEO of Trendalize. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Uh, yes, I think the, the secret to my career has been identifying opportunities. And I would say that most of them came to me rather than me purposefully looked for them. And taking these opportunities came as risky projects that people didn't want to take on. And I took on these risky projects and out of curiosity, out of the challenge that existed. And I had to deliver, learn very quickly. Very often they were out of the area of my comfort zone. I had to learn very quickly and deliver practical results. And I would say that this is easier said than done uh, because as you go into something new and as there are people who previously had more experience in the area but are more risk averse, you get to fight a lot of naysayers, a lot of people who intentionally or unintentionally are trying to say, no, this is never going to happen for whatever reasons. And at the same time, you're very vulnerable because you know the risks and you're learning new things. And learning is in general a, a difficult activity and a one that puts you on a defensive all the time. And uh, But somehow, driven off the desire and the persistence, I was able in most of the cases to deliver the results. And then it's where you earn the respect and then people trust you more and more to give you similar projects. And what has motivated me through to do that and again, I want to emphasize it's not easy. It sounds in hindsight a very easy and a very kind of courageous way to do it. But most of the time you're afraid of what you're doing and still doing it. What motivated me was my natural curiosity to learn things and solve problems and the desire to, uh, in many cases, to achieve results that help other people and as well as to teach other people uh, better ways in doing certain things. I love that part of your story, Rado, it's important um, for people to hear, you know, like you said, you know, looking back, it seems easy or seems simple, but it is a lot of hard work to get where you've arrived today and, and you've taken a lot of risks. So thanks for sharing your story. And Rado, as you know, everybody globally has had to make these major shifts and pivot, right? Could you share with us what you're doing to help your organization stay relevant in this economy? 
Everyone has been disrupted. It's uh, nothing ordinary what has been happening in, to everyone today due to the pandemic and uh, other things. Uh, but so what we do and what we discovered is that the most important thing for our employees and for our customers and prospects is meaning, especially to our employees. Because uh, how do you provide meaningful job to them? How do they feel satisfied every day with what they're doing? How do we ensure that they believe in what they're doing and they're passionate about that? And when your environment is so constrained and so confined and so challenging, it's you can think of prisoners of war and other situations. We, we very often see how people are starting to doubt that there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's only the only survival mechanism whether it's on a small scale like we have or on a very big scale like prisoners of war, it's it's the hope and it's the meaning. It's what motivates people, what makes them look at every day and say, whatever I accomplish gives me a satisfaction despite everything else out there. And we actually did a lot of research on that and studies. And we even went to and proposed to government to change the unemployment because, uh, and, and we proposed the project of unemployment equity where we said, we're a startup scale ups. We can take a lot of these people that are unemployed and rather than just pay them blank checks. Why don't you pay them these checks, but have them work for startups and we'll give you equity in exchange. So if we, as we succeed and keep going, we'll repay that. But the most important motivation behind that was that uh, as we interview people who are unemployed, we see how important it is for them to have meaning and how depressing it is if they don't do anything meaningful during the day. So that's really the thing that we, and I spent a lot of time daily talking to all of our employees and also talking to customers and trying to shift the conversations, not just about the results, but the meaning of these results that we achieve. With uh, prospects and customers, we're also spending a lot of time on the educational side and saying, how do you deal with an environment where everything that you knew has changed completely? And um, just to give you an example is when you, most of the companies have stable revenue streams that are about 80% of their business. And if you're a grocery store, you know exactly the items that are selling and that are stable and that you expect they to sell in the same way every month. But that's not happening anymore. And so we had to shift there the mindset from how do you understand the patterns? Why did they shift? What is driving them? And you have to do it very quickly. And that's very unusual activity. Think about if a farmer one day finds themselves in a completely new environment, how do they know what to do? And all of our analytical tools and our, our ways to look back at business and extrapolate from patterns, business practices uh, have been tailored to stability. And now we have to teach people how to actually look at that differently and do it very quickly so they can achieve just to the new patterns. And even the more challenging question that is for us now that people are asking is what if we never get to the normal? What if we get into constantly changing patterns? And that came as a question after the trading that happened about GameStop and people in the financial industry said, well, now that you have so many investors driven by so many different motivations, we may never have stable patterns or stable practices of predicting. How do we deal in that environment, even if when the pandemic is over? So that's what we are trying to do, and that's where we are providing relevance both to our employees and to our customers and prospects. That's awesome. I appreciate some of the uh, things that you're doing and in, in concept that concepts that you've presented to the government, for example, around unemployment. I think that's a brilliant idea, and hopefully, a lot of local and state agencies and governments will take you up on that idea. I think that's amazing, uh, Rado. You're obviously leveraging summer new or emerging technologies in your tech stack. 
anything you might be able to share with our audience? Yeah, I just uh, let me give you an example and an explanation using an analogy where we see the relevance of what we do. Uh, so if you think about what Google did is they helped companies make, made relevant the World Wide Web by searching for words and, uh, and meaning in, in thousands and millions of web pages. And that economic effect is tremendous. Making the World Wide Web searchable is a 2.1 trillion effect. And so today, if we think what has happened in the last three years, we have the industrial internet, which is five times bigger than the, the World Wide Web. And the reason why it's so big is because we have so many machines and devices that are producing data, that communicate with each other. And so the question to us was, what is the language that these machines and devices do so we can uh, can create, can monetize that data? And the language is time series data. And in this time series data, there are distinct patterns. They're kind of shapes, like the shapes you see in the stock market and uh, in ECG, and I'll dive into this a little bit more. But these shapes have meanings to the professionals. So when you go to a cardiologist and they take your ECG and they look at the readings, they're clearly seeing the normal from the abnormal heartbeats and they can diagnose the patients. If you can diagnose, if you can monitor for these in real time and find normal and abnormal patterns, you can have remote patient monitoring and you can save a lot of costs and you can release people earlier from hospitals post-cardiac surgery and, and provide a better care at the home with no risk practically because they're monitored 24-7 like they are in the hospital, but in unconstrained conditions. So our goal is how do we provide the search engine and the tools so we can start understanding the language of machines and devices so we can take actions quicker uh, and improve many things. And this is happening a lot nowadays. If you think I, I spoke about the cardiologists and how they do it, and they've been doing it for years. But now when you go to a mechanic, a car mechanic, they would say, oh, I'm a car doctor. And when you look at how they diagnose uh, anything that's going in the engine of the car, they practically get uh, an ECG type of data, time series data with different patterns of the performance of the engine. And they look at these patterns and they use them to diagnose that. And believe it or not, behind the scenes, even the engineers called them as heartbeats in the system. So everything that, that does something in the world has a heartbeat. And if we can find it, measure it, and detect the anomalies and uh, all the interesting things in it, we can achieve significant economic effects. So that's what's driving our technology. And that's, that's really our bigger aspiration and goal. I love that. And I love the analogy, Rado, that you used around the heartbeat uh, and machine and in the languages that they speak and communicate with. So appreciate that. And Rado, last question. We would like to know a little bit more about you. If you could just share something briefly around your career experience that would be helpful for others that are looking to grow their career in either technology or leadership. I mean, I, I do mentor a lot of people. We have currently eight interns that we mentor, and I take this seriously, and I, I spend a significant time with them to kind of try to help them to become better professionals. And it's a commitment, and I think that should be the commitment of every professional to mentor people and uh, to help them develop the skills they need uh, for their career advancement. But what I consider especially important nowadays for career advancement is for people to be curious, to be fast learners, but not surface learners. What I emphasize to people is, yes, if you don't know something, go and learn it, but do become an expert in it. Do, do a deep dive into the subject matter and develop really, really serious expertise 
in, in the problem. And naturally, you won't develop that deep expertise in everything. But over time, you're going to become a person that can very quickly become in the top 80% of expertise in, in a field that's related to theirs, but was previously unknown to them. And that requires a lot of disciplines in how you learn and also a lot of reading. And uh, I notice nowadays that we kind of direct people to quick service factual learning rather than understanding of the things. And and that leads to a lot of mistakes in a career when people are sharing just opinions rather than expert opinions. And we're seeing the mistakes of this, especially when we're building large systems and complicated things. We're now in the time when artificial intelligence is taking over. And I notice a lot of people learning how to apply algorithms, but not understanding the underlying logic uh, of these algorithms. And that's a dangerous thing because that, that means that you're doing something without understanding the potential consequences of that. So really my, my focus on the career is how people can learn. And as they learn also how they can stay focused on the pragmatic effects, but and, and how they can have deep understanding in the subject. If they combine those three things, fast learning, uh, fast learning with, with deeper expertise and a pragmatic focus on the results, that's what helps you move through a fast-moving and fast-changing environments like we live today. Rado, I appreciate the share on that. I think mentorship is really important, and uh, I do a lot of that myself, and a lot of the guests on the show talk about that. So I think that's super important. I appreciate you sharing. And Rado, it was a pleasure having you on today, and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Bye for now.